singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing story from the Bible in Living Sound.
In the third month of their long journey from Egypt, the children of Israel pitched their tents near Mount Sinai. And Moses went up to the top of the mountain, and the Lord spoke with him. Moses descended from the mountain, and, calling together the elders of the people, repeated God's words to them. God instructs me to ask you a question. Will you obey his voice in all matters, and thus become his chosen people? What is your answer? All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Moses again climbed to the top of Mount Sinai and told God what the people had promised to do. And the angel said unto Moses, Go unto the people, Moses, and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. And be ready against the third day, for the third day the Lord God will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And Moses went down from the mount and told the people to be ready on the third day for God's appearing on Mount Sinai. Sharon, I thought you were going to help me wash these clothes. You've got to get them specially clean this time. Why, Mommy? Tomorrow is going to be the most important day of our lives, and we want to be sure to be prepared for it. Is tomorrow going to be more important than the day we beat the Amalekites? Much more important. Tomorrow, God himself is going to appear to us on top of Mount Sinai. You mean we get to climb all the way to the top of the mountain? Oh, no! God wants us to stay at the foot of the mountain so no one will get hurt. I'd love to run right up to him and touch him. Sharon, God is far too great and mighty for sinful people to go close to him. Why, Mommy? Oh, stop asking so many questions. We've got to get these clothes washed or they'll never be dry by tomorrow. on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud and Mount Sinai quaked and was covered with smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder Moses called and the angel of the Lord answered him saying shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, 
and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. was God's will made known to Moses and through Moses to the people of Israel and to all nations for all time. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's one 800 6340234 Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye On a hill far away stood an old ragged cross the emblem of suffering and shame
Meeting to begin. Welcome to the Kids Bible Club. Hey, Pastor Perez, can I ask you a question? Sure, Hannah. What's on your mind? Boys. Oh, oh stop it. I don't mean like that. Does the Bible say anything about why boys are so silly, loud, and mean? Hey, I'm not mean. What makes you think I'm talking about you, Sam? Oh, well, I thought you were going to say something about what happened today at school when someone put a rubber snake in your notebook. How do you know about that? Um, people talk. You see, Pastor Perez, boys are always doing dumb things that make me mad. I opened my notebook and that snake scared me half to death. Does the Bible say anything about that? There is a text in Luke chapter 6 that says we should love our enemies. Hey, I'm no enemy. And there's one in 2 Corinthians where God says, if you forgive anyone, I also forgive him. It was just a little rubber snake. So I'm supposed to forgive and love silly boys who put snakes in my notebook? As Christ forgives and loves us, yes. You're not going to hug me, are you? No, Sam. I'm going to love you, even though you're totally insane. And I'm going to forgive you so that Jesus can forgive you too. But if you ever put another rubber snake in my notebook. I am going to, to, to what? Hug you. Ah! Alrighty then. I think we can move on with our meeting. Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story is Chapter 7, The Two Crows As the next few days went on, things pretty much returned to normal. Chris didn't hear much about buried treasure from Sammy, Dee Dee, and Jenny at school. It seemed as if they had given up on the idea. Willie went to another school, so Chris didn't hear from him at all. Even Ryan, who had seemed to supply enough enthusiasm for the rest of the group, had turned his energies back to baseball. On Thursday after school, Chris and Maria were standing by the school fence when Mrs. Vargas drove up and beeped the car's horn. They climbed into the car, Maria in the front and Chris in the back. So how was school? Mrs. Vargas asked, looking in the rearview mirror at Chris as they pulled out into the street. Oh, okay, I guess, Chris said unenthusiastically. Math's going to be a killer this year. Have much homework? Mrs. Vargas asked, looking in the mirror and then at Maria. None, Maria said as cheerful as usual. A little, Chris said, almost in a moan. Well, I want to do a little shopping on the way home, Mrs. Vargas said. There's a new fabric store on the east side of town I want to check out. You two are welcome to come in and look around if you want, or you can stay in the car and do your homework. The car left the main road and pulled onto the freeway. 
I'll stay here, Chris said, still without enthusiasm. Hey, Chris, I'll help you with your math if you want, Maria said. Sure, he said. That's a nice older sister, Mrs. Vargas said. Chris, can you say thank you? Chris looked up. Why? She hasn't done anything yet. Chris, Mrs. Vargas said, shame on you. She did, too, do something. She offered to help you. That's all right, Mom, Maria said. He's just in a bad mood. Yeah, Maria's right, Chris said. I am in a bad mood. I have been all week. Why, Mom asked. Because your treasure hunt didn't work out? Yeah, I guess so, he said. But why did you all give up so easily, Mrs. Vargas asked. The car got into the right lane and pulled off the freeway. Chris looked ahead at an area of town he had never been in before. Most of the area was filled with factory fronts and warehouses. I guess we just ran out of ideas, Maria said. Chris, it's not your fault any more than it is anyone else's. Chris was silent. Something about this area rang a bell in the back of his mind. The car jolted and felt as if something was pulling on the tires of the car. What's wrong with the car, Mom? Maria asked. Oh, it's just this road, Maria. They paved over some old railroad tracks here. The pavement is kind of rough. Suddenly, the bumping and pulling stopped. There, that's better, Mrs. Vargas said. See, the old tracks go that way. Chris looked out the left window and saw that the old railroad tracks in the pavement led to an old rickety bridge that seemed to be out in the middle of nowhere. Alarm bells rang in his head. Now we're past the old factory part of town and into a newer section, Mrs. Vargas said, and right over there is my store. She pulled into a parking lot and parked the car. I'll just be a minute, Mrs. Vargas said, closing her car door behind her. Chris's head was whirling with ideas and he barely heard her. Suddenly he called after her, Mom! Is it okay if I check out something we drove by over there? He pointed back the way they had come. I guess so, Mrs. Vargas said, but watch for traffic and don't go too far. I'll be right back. What do you want to check out, Maria asked, following Chris out of the car. A bridge, a railroad bridge, Chris said. A bridge? Why would they need a bridge around here, Maria asked. Exactly, Chris said. The river is miles from here. And he broke into a run. Chris, wait! Maria ran after him. Chris looked both ways, then bolted across the intersection. Maria was breathing hard two blocks later when she caught up with him. Chris turned the corner and ran down the street. Wait, Chris, she shouted. What's the hurry? He stopped suddenly, and Maria saw what he was looking for. The old metal bridge was rusted and broken. It was probably the ugliest bridge that either of them had ever seen in their lives, but right now it looked beautiful to Chris. So it's a bridge, Maria said. So what? Don't you get it? Chris said, walking over to the bridge and pointing to either side of it. The river ran right through here. Maria's eyes opened wide. Look, she said after a long minute. They both looked at the side of the bridge where a metal plaque read 1901. Chris looked at the empty lot covered with sand on either side of the metal bridge. If this is the riverbed here, then all we have to do is... His mouth dropped open as he looked toward the east. Chris looked past the shadows that he and Maria cast, past the intersection that marked the end of the factory section, and past the shadows of the tall buildings. On the hill beyond, a new neighborhood of houses was being built. At the top of that knoll were two giant boulders standing up on end. With their broken, jagged tops, and with the evening sun shining bright on them, the boulders looked like two giant birds. Crows, Maria finally asked. Crows, Chris agreed. They've got to be. He took a step toward them. Chris, no, Maria said. That's too far. Mom said she'd be right out. Let's go back and get the rest of the kids. Chris looked back at her. It'll be dark before we can get everyone out here. Maria stepped forward and grabbed his arm. 
What can you accomplish tonight that you couldn't do tomorrow? Friday is a short day for school. Let's come back in the daylight tomorrow, prepared. Isn't that the treasure hunter's code? Be prepared? That's the Boy Scouts, Chris said, but I get the picture. In the meantime, Maria said, let's just keep this to ourselves, okay? It was hard to hold down their excitement around Mom and Dad, but they wanted to be able to solve this mystery on their own. You seem to be in a happier mood, Mom said. I guess Maria should have helped you with your math sooner. Then she went off to put Yo-Yo in bed. They called Willie that night and told him the new plan. Chris told Ryan the next morning before school, and Maria let the shoebox kids know at the first recess. School ended right after lunch the next day, and they were all eager and excited to find the end of their mystery. Sammy's house was closest to the place where Chris and Maria had seen the boulders, so that was their meeting place. From there, they pedaled their bikes over to the new subdivision and the giant boulders. They don't look like crows to me, Sammy said as they stood beneath them and looked up. I think they look like parrots. No, parrots have fatter beaks, Willie said. I think they're more like buzzards. Whatever, guys, Chris said. They look more like crows than anything else we've seen around here. But how do you know they didn't just bring those two boulders in here when they started building these houses, Jenny asked. I don't think they could lift boulders that big, Chris said. It could happen, Jenny said. Look, it's the best lead we have, Chris said, starting to get angry. I think we have to have a little faith here. Well, what do we do now, Sammy asked. The map said, look for a sombrero and head toward it, Maria said. All I see are houses. Dee Dee whirled and looked around them. I think, Chris said, someone is going to have to climb one of the crows and look around. Who's going to do it? Chris looked at the gang, but no one volunteered. This is your party, Chris, Sammy said. I say it's you. I vote for Chris, Willie shouted. Everyone else for Chris? Shout yay, Sammy called. Yay! Congratulations, Willie said, pulling a rope from his backpack. You've just been elected king of the crows. Chris looked at the kids, then up at the huge boulders. He shook his head. What am I getting myself into? you have heard today is a chapter of the shoebox kids book one the mysterious treasure map it was written by jerry d thomas and used with permission from the pacific press publishing association if you're interested in any other books published by the seventh day adventist church please visit adventistbookcenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955 This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.